What's up? What's up? Another week, another podcast. This is your favorite football podcast, the Football Academy. I'm here to tonight with Brayden. How's it going, sir? Uh, I am good. I, I'm glad to get a mediocre week of betting behind us. Uh, get back at it again. I think there's a few tricky fixtures that we're going to talk about. It. Uh, I'm also glad to get some of our technical difficulties behind us. Um, so uh, let's uh, get into it. Yeah, should be a good one for sure. So for everybody that is coming back, welcome back. And uh, for anybody who is joining us for the first time, welcome. The way we do things around here is a little bit different where instead of uh, just giving you our predictions and how we go, what we think is going to happen, we kind of put our money or we put our pod money where our mouth is and bet on each of the games due to COVID we only allow one unit per game and give you a, a prediction on our three-way money line, depending on how we think this is going to go. Having said that, let's get into it instead of boring you with all these technicalities. So first up, we have the champions elect. A lot of people would say Manchester City taking on West Ham United. Man City at minus 400, West Ham United plus 1,100, draw at plus 525, over-unders at three. This would be the 20th consecutive win if uh, Pep Guardiola can achieve that. Do you think they're going to in this game? So I, so first of all, yes, I'll, I won't bury the lead. I do think that City are going to win this game. But, you know, we, we talk about this run. It's not just that City are being – are going on this unbeaten run and, and winning all these games on the trot. It's also that I looked at it and for the last 19 games, they've conceded six goals and like the, the level of which they're beating teams is just, it's really hard to fathom just kind of how much of a machine this man city team is right now. I do feel like this line is just slightly disrespectful to West Ham uh, I, I think West Ham are a good team. I think they're going to go and give them a, a legitimate game and not just, um, you know, not kind of what you expect for a Burnley. But at the end of the day, Man City is just a much better team than West Ham overall. And I think that, that that's going to play out over the course of this game, I think. Yeah, I mean, as much as I want to believe that uh, my boy Jesse Lingard is going to go out and do something spectacular at Etihad like he has done before, um, I just don't see it happening in this game. I think Man City are playing at a level that very few teams have come close to. I mean, the recent team that I believe that had come close to this was probably Bayern Munich last year. Once they fired their coach, got Fleck in, and you know, things started rolling for them. That's where I think Manchester City is. I've said it before on the podcast, the quadruple is not out of the question. And as far as this goes, I think they're just a better team, and they're going to show that even though West Ham are a top-four contender, this is uh, where they're going to show their class and how much far ahead they are than the chasing pack in two, three, four, five. So uh, I'm going to go with Manchester City as well. I do think uh, West Ham might give them a little bit of an issue, but overall, I mean, I, I just don't see uh, West Ham coming out. Maybe with a draw if they get lucky, but coming out with a win. So, uh, however, I mean, Maybe put a dollar on uh, West Ham at plus eleven hundred. Who knows? Yeah, I if think that's hits, right. That would be nice. I like. I think if you if you think that line is disrespectful, I think you can make a very small bet here. Like, I don't think you should go crazy. Like, it it should be if you whatever your normal unit is. If it's a dollar, maybe put ten cents. <laughs> if it's a hundred dollars, maybe put ten dollars. Like a very small size bet here on West Ham. I do think makes a little bit of sense because they are a team that's gotten 
results that we didn't think they were capable of all season. Uh, and so at some point, like, why not this one as well? Like, other than the fact that City might be a historic team. Yeah, I mean, that's ultimately my thing, because even playing Wednesday and then playing Saturday early morning is not the most favorable scheduling wise. But uh, I think I think they'll overall be fine and uh, come out with the win as far as Manchester City are concerned. Moving on to the next game, West Brom taking on Brighton. West Brom at plus 310, Brighton at minus 105, draw at plus 240, over-unders at two and a half. I am going to just go ahead and take West Brom in this game. I think Brighton are going to miss a shit ton of chances again. And a team like West Brom, if you play expansive style against them, you better not miss chances because there's always going to be a threat of them uh, getting a goal or two. And uh, that's what I think is going to happen in this game. Man, I was sure this was going to be my shocker when I picked uh, West Brom uh, because I think of I think of West Brom and I think of what they're bad at, which is conceding goals. Uh, good news. Uh, Brighton don't ever score goals. They just get in position to score goals. And so I kind of think that this is a spot that West Brom can maybe take advantage of that. And, you know, if you're West Brom, you've got to think this is a game you have to get right. You have to win this game if you want to get out of the relegation zone. Uh, we'll see. I think West Brom showed a good bit of fight to take it to Burnley down to 10 men. If they can carry that through a little bit, um, there's no reason they can't be this Brighton team. And we're going to look at it at the end of this game and either be, of course, Brighton won the game. They're just a much better team and get chances against the West Brom team that are bad at stopping them. Or we're going to go, of course, West Brom won because Brighton never scored on these good chances. Yeah, I mean, like as we have talked about over and over again, the XG tells us and the expected points tell us that Brighton should be a lot higher on the table. They're not just because I think ultimately they don't take their chances. And it's been evident over and over again. And a team like West Brom, if you don't take chances against them, like even if you could be Manchester City at that, I mean, not Man City, Man United at that point. And if you don't take your chances, it happened to us where we couldn't end up winning. So they are a decent, solid side. So it should be an interesting game, even with the record that they got and their players suspended. I think they should have just enough. Moving on to the next game, we've got Leeds United taking on Aston Villa. Leeds at plus 130, Aston Villa at plus 200, draw at plus 260, over-unders at three. Um, it, if Grealish is playing this game, it would be a very good game. But without Grealish, I just don't know how this game is going to turn out. Yeah, so I think this line is implying that Grealish is not going to play because quite honestly, like this line shocks me to see Leeds is a plus favorite against uh, Villa. Like I don't really buy into that. I think Villa are a much better team than that overall. Uh, when when we just think of these two teams on neutral pitch, all things being equal, I think Villa are a better team. I would be tempted to take this line early, like take this line before news about Grealish comes out, because if he finds out that Grealish is playing, that I think this line is going to tighten up a good bit. Uh, so if you do. If you are inclined to take Villa, you should do it as soon as possible, in my opinion. For me, I'm I'm going to go with Villa on this. I think that even without Grealish, I think that Villa have enough firepower to take a Leeds team that is just not really great defensively. And when I think of Villa, I also think of a good number of players who have the technical ability to take advantage of leads in the way that they like to man mark all across the pitch. When I think of Barkley, I think of Traore, I think of a lot of guys out there. I think that uh, Villa can't expose leads. And I think that this line is kind of nuts. 
Yeah, I kind of agree uh, that the line is nuts, but I think um, Leeds are a team that are going to play their expansive style and it might lead to Villa having a couple of chances. So I'm going to go with a draw in this situation. I think at the end of the day, uh, we will see Leeds score because they rarely fail to score. And on the other side, I think they're going to concede just because whether Grealish plays or not, I think Barkley, um, Ollie Watkins and company at least are going to get a couple of goals, hopefully. So I'm going to go ahead with the draw in this situation. Moving on to the next game, Newcastle United taking on Wolverhampton Wanderers. Newcastle at plus 280, Wolves at plus 115, draw at plus 215, over-unders at two. Matt, Wolves should win this game. I just don't know if they're going to. Yes, Wolves should win this game. All things being equal, like Wolves should win this game. But here again, this is kind of what I feel like about Brighton, where we say, yes, Brighton should win this game, but they're not going to. Uh, Wolves, we talk about all the time how they should win games that they play down to competition. And this is a perfect letdown spot for them, I think. They can come down and kind of play Newcastle at their level. And especially, especially this Wolves team that is missing kind of some of that finishing edge and, and and some some of that uh just technique up up front i think that they can get themselves into trouble i don't know if newcastle are good enough to consistently take advantage of them i'm gonna go with a draw in this game i think newcastle do just enough to get the points and maybe stay ahead of the relegation line um but you know that so that's another thing that could play into this like this is Newcastle's kind of in a spot where they're starting to have to fight and we'll see what that team wants to do. Yeah. I mean, I think Newcastle are a team that needs results at this point. Uh, like all no other way to put it. They need three points in this situation. And as far as this game goes, I'm just going to go ahead and take wolves because at the end of the day, I think uh, wolves are just a better team and they, Pedro Neto and company are going to do something. And I hope St. Maximum and Amaron and them also do something because this could also end up being a very entertaining game because people think of Steve Bruce and Newcastle in a very negative manner in the way they play. I mean, I understand that, but recent weeks would show us that they have taken the fight to the opposition. And I think they'll look at Wolves as a team that's up for the grabs. And uh, I think that's why... uh, I could see Newcastle open up a little bit more, but I'm just going to go with Wolves because if they do open up, I think they have the quality out there uh, to really punish them, and especially intrigued by the midfield battle that can take place in this game between Ruben Neves and uh, John Joe Shelby. I think if uh, Shelby has one of his better games, they new, it'll give Newcastle a really good chance to exploit Wolves. But as far as uh, currently the two teams go, I'm going to ride the wave with the Wolverhampton Wanderers. Moving on to the next game, Palace taken on Fulham. Palace at plus 245. Fulham at plus 125. Draw at plus 210. Over-unders at two. I really want to say that Fulham's going to win this game, but I also saw Palace put in a decent performance. So which way do you think this is going to go? I By mean, decent did you performance, see Palace I mean, put in a... De- okay. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. J- j- just to make it clear, by decent performance, it was a typical Crystal Palace performance and a Roy Hodgson performance. Yeah, I mean, they they got three points, which is more than we expected from them. So decent performance, I guess. Um, I think Fulham are going to win this game. I I think that Fulham are a team on the rise. I think that they're uh, generally playing just a lot better. And 
not all of the results have gone their way. And, you know, I may just be a sucker for Fulham. Uh, that That's a very strong possibility because I've talked them up a good bit. There's been a lot of times where I'm like, yeah, they seem like they're playing better. And they go out and get yet another draw. Um, but I do think they are starting to play a little bit better, especially against uh, teams at this level. I think Fulham can really take advantage. If Zaha's still out, um, I really, really like Fulham in this game. Um, so I, this is for me, this is kind of the opposite of the Villa situation. I want to take this line late because if Zaha is playing, maybe reconsider how much you'd want to put on it as well as uh, whether you still want that line. Uh, but it, if you still like it, Fulham's odds are going to be better once you hear that Zaha is playing. So plus favorite Fulham. I like them. Go get another draw and make me upset. I mean, I'm 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 gonna go ahead with you in this scenario and just go uh, take Fulham because, as you said, they are playing well. And again, Crystal Palace are a team that are gonna feed off of scraps, and I don't think it can work week in and week out. Even though I mean, Atletico Madrid seems to get the Champions League finals feeding off of scraps, so who knows? However. Uh, Crystal Palace is not Atletico Madrid, so I'm going to go with Fulham in this scenario. Moving on to the first big, big uh, I guess second big, big game of the weekend. Leicester City taking on Arsenal. Leicester at plus 150. Arsenal at plus 190. Draw at plus 230. Over-unders at two and a half. I think the Benfica game, and given how close that game is, could really play a part in this game. Even though James Madison is going to be potentially out for Leicester City, they don't really have to worry as much in the Europa League game. So it really could give them the advantage in this situation. That's a fair analysis uh, on this as well. And I think that Arsenal have a lot of players who are facing kind of some fitness issues. So uh, Tierney came back and played uh, 90 against Man City and kind of looked exhausted after about 50 of those minutes. Uh, and, and that's kind of fine. Like when a guy comes back, especially just thrown to Man City, you kind of expect that a little bit. Uh, but, you know, Thomas Partey might make the trip uh, to, to Greece to go play our home game against Benfica. Don't get me started on that. Um, but we'll see. There's going to be a lot of situations that I think you you correctly point out that the Thursday match is going to kind of define what Arsenal does in this match. Uh, because uh, if Partey plays 75 minutes, I don't think he plays this match. And there's a lot that can can be in the air as far as this one. So that said, I I don't know. I, I've got kind of a feeling about this one. I'm going to take Arsenal and be just a massive homer on this one. Um, I, I think Arsenal are figuring some things out. I look at the previous match, um, even going back to the the match in Project Restart where Enkedia got sent off for foul and it just kind of fell apart for Arsenal. Uh, the first match this season between Arsenal and Leicester, it was kind of just in the middle of Arsenal playing terrible. And, uh, they turned switched off for a second and, you know, bang Vardy scored a goal, which that's what Vardy does. So, you know, that's, that's kind of their whole thing. Um, but I, I do think that some of that has been sorted out a little bit in this Arsenal squad. And I think you might see a real response here in this match. Yeah, I think that is very, very fair. Um, just before I go in-depth with this, Leicester City, they are rumored to be interested in Jesse Lingard. Um, given that how much uh, 
the English player we bought from you cost, uh, I'm going to just put an 18 million price tag on Jesse Lingard right now. Having said that, uh, I, I think the Europa League is where I'm going to really look at this and say, Leicester having the easier fixtures, even without James Madison, or not the easier fixture, but uh, just the easier time right now, as far as the Europa League result go, in going into the second leg, uh, really is going to play a huge part. And even without uh, James Madison, I believe that they'll have just enough to take a win against Arsenal, especially at home. I think uh, they're going to try to come out and win, try to play some good football. I know, like, I, I'm going to keep going back to James Madison. Like, yes, he's not playing, but at the same time, you put out Indeedy, you put out, uh, um, what's his face, Harvey Barnes, and you have uh, a little bit more of uh, flexibility that I think in previous years you hadn't seen from a Leicester City side. And uh, even if certain players are missing, you know, uh, managers, I guess great managers don't make excuses. So uh, whatever just, are you hinting at, Safoon? <laughs> I think people know what I'm hinting at. So uh, I mean, j- just saying, like Fofana's be Fofana's out for them. Johnny Evans be out for them. So I think Brendan Rodgers is also doing a phenomenal job, right up there with David Moyes, in my opinion, for Manager of the Year. And as I've said before, second best team in England right now. And I'm gonna go ahead and take them to beat Arsenal. Moving on to the game between Mourinho and Ginger Mourinho. Spurs taking on Burnley. Spurs at minus 180. Burnley at plus 550. Draw at plus 300. Over-under is a two and a half. Man, I'm so wanting to take a nil-nil draw in this situation, but I know that Mourinho is going to figure some shit out. Yeah, but which one? Touche. Yeah, so it's really tough to figure out what we're going to do about this game because I I do think that Spurs are obviously a better team than Burnley, uh, just all the way around. Uh, You can line up player for player. Uh, The only player who I think would be legitimate candidates to start at Spurs would be McNeil, maybe. Like, and even that's probably a long shot, but. there's probably some lineups that he like, he could probably re- replace Lamella in some of those lineups for sure. Um, that said, it's just Spurs look like they're in a little bit of a funk. They might be prioritizing the Europa league, uh, at this point. Um, Burnley look kind of happy to go out and just defend the whole game. I'm actually going to go with the draw here. I, I think that Spurs are the better team. And if they win, it's not going to surprise me. But at the minus 180 odds, I, I don't think that I like Spurs that much to only return like $60 on my uh, $100 outlay. So I'm going to go with the draw. Um, this will probably blow up in my face, but, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take Spurs as well. I think this is a game that actually um, I am going to take Spurs. I did not mean to say Spurs and draw in the same as well. Um but they're more or less the same when Mourinho is managing you. Um, I do think Europa League could have played a part in this as well, but having, you know, the cushion that they had from the first leg and essentially playing Wednesday instead of Thursday is going to really help them out and ensure that they can go out and uh, narrowly beat Burnley 1-0, in my opinion. So I'm going to go with Spurs in this situation, but I would not be surprised if this ends in a draw. Moving on to the big, big game of the weekend, a battle for top four, a battle between a manager who sh- who everybody said should have been fired in Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and a manager who got fired and then got a, another job in Thomas Tuchel this year. 
So it should be a very, very entertaining game. Chelsea taking on Manchester United. Chelsea at plus 120. Man United plus 235. The draw at plus 235. Over under is a two and a half. They just beat Atletico, the best team in La Liga. Uh, they've not lost a game against Tuchel. So uh, this is about to be an easy game for Chelsea, right? <laughs> I thought this line was mad disrespectful to Manchester United. Like you can argue that Chelsea are going to win this match. You can argue that Chelsea are more talented, all that. I think that's fine. Uh, but to put Man United at plus two thirty five just seems a little crazy to me, considering that United have been, I think, the much more consistent team across the season, and. I don't know. Like I, this Tuchel team hasn't really been tested yet. You can maybe argue the match against Spurs, but you know Spurs kind of are, are just in a little bit of a funk right now. And when and this is kind of the first big test, so I'm not a hundred percent sure what you're going to see from this Chelsea team in this match. I don't know that I loved kind of the we talked about Hudson and Doy uh, earlier uh, in in the review podcast, the last one we did. And I don't know, something there to me doesn't seem like everything is quite right, uh, that Tuchel's figured out exactly what he wants to do with this team. Uh, so I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Man United. I think the odds are right in this situation. I think that they've got the players who can exploit some of the deficiencies at the back uh, for Chelsea. I think that United had the right players to take advantage of that. And we'll see how it goes. But I think this is going to be a really interesting game to watch. Yeah, I, th- I think it will be definitely interesting. I, uh, Outside of the semifinal, uh, in the league at least, I don't believe Ole is lost to Chelsea. So uh, definitely something to keep an eye out on. But I think, again, Europa League is going to play a huge part. The team, one of the, like Chelsea played in the Champions League on a Tuesday, have that extra two days of rest. And at the same time, I think Chelsea are on a roll, as I said, like they are playing well and they're figuring out ways to win. Like they might not be playing this uh, absolutely fluid football that you'd like to see, given how much money that spent. But Warner is kind of figuring things out a little bit from the Atletico game, what it felt like. Um, I'm looking at, you know, Marcus Alonso, the striker turned left back seems to be doing well. Even though I think Chowell being on the bench for the Champions League game gives them a you know fully fresh left back for this game as well. So if Pogba wasn't and and this is funny because like I I would I wouldn't have said this a couple of months ago about Paul Pogba, but if Pogba was fit going into this game, Cavani was fit, I would be a little bit more bullish about Man United because I think we would have had the tools to exploit them. But as things currently stand, I just don't see that happen. However, given how close all the teams are and depending on, like, say, if West Ham lose and uh, Leicester lose, this could just end up being a boring-ass nil-nil game between top six teams again because uh, there is a part of both the managers where ultimate goal has to be to get back to the Champions League, and I think neither one of them would want to risk a win uh, and end up losing the game. So wouldn't be surprised if that is the case, but uh, I'm going to go with Chelsea because I think they are the better team right now. And um, they should win the game. Having said that, uh, let's move on to two teams that uh, seem to surprise everybody with how good they were last year and uh, surprise everybody with how shit they've been this year. Sheffield United taking on Liverpool Football Club. Sheffield United plus 675. Liverpool at minus 250. Draw at plus 395. Over-unders at three. Braden, a Chris Wilder and the boys are going to do madness in this game. 
I, I don't think so. I, I think that Sheffield, when I watched them, it, they have just seemed like a team that is kind of resigned to their fate. And I, I don't think they're going to be able to pull together enough to, to beat Liverpool in this match or really even salvage a draw. I, I think that Liverpool's talent uh, wins out in this game, even if it's kind of not the convincing Liverpool that we've seen in last year, not not recently. <laughs> Liverpool have been nothing like convincing recently. Uh, so I'm going with Liverpool. It could be an interesting match, and I will say that with Liverpool's, uh, you know, Jordan Henderson, who's been playing at center back, uh, going down for a month or possibly a little bit more, could throw just another wrench in this defense. But I don't think Sheffield had the personnel to exploit that. So uh, I don't know. Ryan Brewster revenge game. <laughs> we'll see. I, I don't see it. I mean, I, I, I'm going to go with Sheffield and I just for the last right now, because I, I think as far as Liverpool are concerned, they're probably going to win this game. But uh, for once, I don't want to ride the wave with Liverpool if there is a wave right now. Um, the only wave I see are the injury waves. But um, outside of that, I, I think they should win the game. But I'm going to go with Sheffield United just because the line uh, and being at home, maybe they pull off some miraculous results. Moving on to the final game of the weekend, Everton taking on Southampton. Everton at plus 120, Southampton at plus 235, draw at plus 240, over-unders at two and a half. How do you think this is going to go, sir? I mean, I think Everton are a team that's pretty decent right now. I, I think they're in decent form. I don't necessarily know that they're a great team or just on a ridiculous hot run, certainly not like City are or anything like that. Uh, but I do think that they're playing well overall right now. And I look at Southampton, I think almost the exact opposite. I, I think Southampton are in some of the worst form in the league. And, and Grand, they got a draw against Chelsea last week. Maybe that's going to be the start of them uh, getting some momentum. But uh, personally, I, I don't really see it. I think that Everton are a better team. I think they show that here. I, I think Everton win this one pretty convincingly. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going to go with Everton in this scenario as well. I think they have picked up uh, their form. They are playing well. And uh, Southampton, I mean, as we said, uh, the story of Southampton 2021 will be going from European football contenders to being all, all of a sudden relegation contenders because uh, that's how the season has been for them. And I'm going to go with Everton, who also, again, are a team that are going to go for the top four positions again. So um, we'll see how that turns out for them. But that is it. A quick podcast. Thankfully, we only have to do the preview, not have to uh, give you all the lowdown of uh, everything that's happened uh, in every single game and then uh, get on to the preview. So it will be a quick listen for you guys. And thank you for joining us. That is it for me. Please subscribe, give us ratings, give us reviews, and uh, we shall see you on the other side with the... Uh, the reviews for this weekend. Cheers. Bye-bye.